What happens when a computer guy and a psychic start talking? The Mountain Bears. Asen, popular for his existing shows, The Psychic Coffee Shop, is a certified master psychic with over 22 years of experience helping people all around the world, from housewives to CEOs and everyone in between. Is also a gay poly bear who wears his jaded glasses like a badge of honor. Although we may not always agree, we both have a commitment to coming together, hearing people out, looking past the surface issues, and getting down to the core of what is really going on. Alright guys, you will notice that is not our normal show intro. It is not, and I'm really, I, I, I'm just not feeling pumped right now. I know, I know. It's normally so pumping. It's so, and no, no. I don't feel pumped. No. Um, oh. Hey, Devin. Hey, Brenda. Hi, Devin. Are y'all feeling hey, pumped? Brenda. I don't feel pumped. Yeah. Like, I need some head-banging music. Like, yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, this morning, as I was doing my one of three checks of Facebook today, um, I was doing <laughs> 147 copyright issues. Poor Shannon. Yeah. So we but have yes, poor you. we are going to be changing into some different intros. We're still working on them. That was part of the delay tonight is trying to get an intro up that hopefully wouldn't get us copyright struck. Yes. Um, did all your warnings cause that? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what has been causing it. I do know that we will not only be streaming on the show's Facebook page and YouTube. We will be directing everybody to the YouTube page because that will most likely where it will end up. Uh, get you some Megadons. Yeah, we got some Megadons going on. No, Megadev. Yeah, yeah, we need some Megadev. We need some, I don't know, we need some hard shit. I know, right? Um, like, that didn't hit right. Right. If it was copyright free, then why the copyright ban you? Um, the only way that I can figure out is because we were using copyright free music from Adobe. Is that a singer has apparently possibly done the show, done that song, which is um, New Day. But there was like three or four songs that we used for all the shows, and he hit every show. So. Yeah. Well, and it's possible that it's automated by algorithm. Mm -hmm. um, and we just like, and, and mm, gotta love the algorithm. Yeah. It would most likely mean that another show is that is far more popular than we are mm -hmm. um, is also using the same music. Um, and the algorithm has determined that because they have like a million followers, right. that they own it. Right. Um, which is a real pain in the butt. Yeah, it is a pain like, in the butt because, you know, we don't take on a lot we don't feed a lot we don't you know we do shows we don't care you know we love our baristas we love the people that support our shows we love our viewers but we don't take on sponsorships for bullshit 
you know, you won't see the magic blender in the middle of our show unless they pony up some good money and I actually like their blender. Yes. Yeah. You know, but this will enable us to take on and do more things. It will enable us to possibly take on some sponsorships and it will, you know, help other things to occur. Mm-hmm. You know, so that'll be interesting. That'll be fun. Um, I'm wondering, I was watching a news story this morning. Well, you know, a friend of mine posted on Facebook, and I wanted your opinion on it. Let's start with that. Let's start with the opinion thoughts first. Okay. Um, well, we, got- we know Tennessee is banning, has, is attacking trans rights. Uh, Kentucky is, att- there's 37 fucking states attacking trans. Where's corporate America at? Why aren't we seeing corporate America throw a damn fit? I, I think I can sum that one up real easily. Yeah. When it doesn't harm them, they will gladly pander mm-hmm. to get your dollar. Mm-hmm. But when it becomes a hot topic, hot button issue, right. and they are potentially going to lose a segment of customers, right? because unfortunately trans issues still create a very sharp mm-hmm. divide. Right. Um, as in, you know, you bring up trans issues, you have basically half the room going, yeah, we need to take care of trans people. Trans people are people and deserve rights and dignity and respect and medical treatment and all the things. Mm-hmm. And then you have a, a very sizable, unfortunately, right. chunk of the room that you know, is using words like it that are, you know, still on a bathroom bill kick that think that trans people are, you know, like the worst of society and doing horrible things to children. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's a big divide in between those two groups. Like you, you like that's polar opposites. Right. Um, and it's a large percentile, right? Like they're large percentiles um, that that are encamped there. There's not a lot of wiggle room there, right? Um, so a lot of these companies are like, eh, I can't afford to lose half my right. customer base, right? Um, so point blank, no, they won't show up. They should show up. It would be great if they showed up. We would appreciate them showing up. Please, for the love of God, will you show up? Um, But many won't. Right. Many, many, many won't. Um, You may see a few. um, But it's going to literally have to be either they themselves Mm -hmm. are trans. Right. Or they themselves are directly related and get heavily pressured by someone that uh, is trans. Right. Well, and even then, that, even then, it'll be debatable. Mm-hmm. Be very, very hard to run a business and think about losing half your customer base. Right. Um, like, I, and I think to some degree, while it's not great and morally it's wrong and all these other things. I can understand that moment if, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, sitting here with a company, right. losing half your customer base, potentially. Mm-hmm. 
you know, if, if, if you're Kellogg, if you're, you know. Well, that's a lot I'll of tell you, however, mm-hmm. um, I'll promise you come June, we'll be seeing a lot of rainbow stuff. There'll be rainbow Oreos, there'll be rainbow beers, Bud Light will be showing up at Pride fucking festivals. Oh, yeah. 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 Miller, all of this stuff will be showing the hell up. Wet. Wet. Yeah. Wet will be there. Wet is always there. Yep. <sighs> you know, we need to see some oh, show up elsewhere, guys. We need to show up in the offices. We need, I don't know, maybe showing up at the governor's office. You know, whack, maybe you should go over to the Tennessee governor's office. Looks like he's having a problem out of uh, foster care. Yeah. Okay. I would say the closest we've gotten to a, a, a mega corporation mm-hmm. showing up, at least for drag queens, right, is Dolly Parton. Yeah. Who said, I hope to God I'm still legal because I wear more makeup, hair, and, and costumes mm-hmm. than any drag queen I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And it's like, thank you. Right. You know, thank you I, for showing up. But no, let's talk about the governor of Tennessee. Okay. Senator Jack, um, you know, the governor is, the governor's office is pushing to dissolve the Commission on Children and Youth and Med foster care was according to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We have the bill in office Wednesday. The Senate Health and Welfare Commission is referring the, after a briefing at the governor's office on the ra- rationale and motive to from the move. I don't know. I don't know all the responsibilities of that group being dissolved to other parts of the government. Uh, you know, Johnson said Franklin, uh, a Franklin Republican said Monday. The House version of the bill is HB 330. Now, you know, what happens if they dissolve foster care? And we've reported here about other foster care woes and problems. And, you know, right now, you know, Tennessee has got 33.7% instability going on, uh, uh, instability among those in state custody. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I don't know if anyone's history buffs, but there was this woman in Tennessee um, that would farm out children and would literally drive down the road and use this commission to farm children out. Yeah, minute. Okay, sorry. Tennessee baby theft kidnapped more than 5,000 children off the streets, hospitals, and sanity streets of Memphis, Tennessee. Now, 70 years later, survivors of her house of horrors are confronting the past. Um, here, I'm going to flip this over to you because it's got some words on it that's going to make me sound horrid. There we go. All right. There we go. Want me to take that one over? Yes. All right. So this is from Insider back uh, December a couple of years ago in 2019. So no one knows or perhaps cares to remember the exact day the Tennessee Children's Home Society 
in Memphis closed, what is known is that 69 years ago in late November or early December, the place workers later called a house of horrors closed its doors for good. Shutting the Children's Home Society down may have cast it into obscurity, but by then the home had already permanently changed the lives of more than 5,000 children. The unimaginable horror of the place still reverberates today, not because many of the children were orphaned or abused, but because they were stolen. Yeah. A little-known story caught the attention of fiction author Lisa Wingate after when she saw a late-night episode of Deadly Women on the Discovery Channel about the children's home matriarch, Georgia Tan. I wondered if it was all true or was sensationalized for TV, Wingate told Insider, so I started digging. I had to know more. The result was Before We Were Yours, a fictional account of the orphanage told through the eyes of 12-year-old Real Foss. Mm-hmm. Released in 2017, the book stayed on top uh, of the bestseller list for over a year. People would write or email and say, this book is about my mother, or I think I might be one of the stolen babies, Wingate said. For more than 20 years, Tan ran the Tennessee Children's Home Society, where she and an elaborate network of co-conspirators kidnapped and abused children to sell them off to wealthy adoptive parents at a steep profit. Her favorite this scheme was to drive back in Tennessee. Yeah. 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 Well, her favorite scheme was to drive through impoverished neighborhoods, picking out the prettiest children, then offer them rides in her shiny black luxury car. One of the, uh, once the children were in, they usually never saw their families again. Tan took advantage of the lack of regulation around adoption to perpetuate her scheme, relying on the desperation of would-be parents to keep them quiet. According to reports done after the home was closed, many children died while under Tan's care. Those who managed to survive TCHS are still grappling with Tan's unchecked cruelty and greed. In In 2018, spurred by interest in her book, Wingate organized a Children Home Society adoptee reunion with help from fellow author Judy Christie. This fall, many of the adoptees from the first event, along with several newly found adoptees, attended a second reunion. To tell the story of the Tennessee Children's Home Society and Georgia Tan, Insider spoke with several survivors at yeah, baby trafficking business. Yeah. 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 That's why Tennessee was forced, and I do mean forced, by the federal government and the state of California create the false secure system that they have there Mm -hmm. now they're trying to dissolve that damn we're going back over 70 years people yeah i i mean i mean what's the foster care tennessee wants to move it into a baby scheme yeah yeah I mean, I... yeah. Oh, okay. So this is an important part of the article. A network of corrupt social workers, police officers, doctors, lawyers, and judges helped Tan get away with the scheme. Stealing children wasn't a small side business. During the 21 years Tan ran the Children's Home Society, it's believed she made more than one million from taking and selling children about 11 million in today's money, and she didn't do it alone. Tan's extensive child trafficking operation required connections, and she quickly linked up with E.H. Boss Crump, 
who ran a powerful Tennessee political machine. Crump offered Tan protections in exchange for kickbacks. To kidnap and traffic her victims, Tan paid off a network of social workers, police officers, doctors, and lawyers. Some kidnapped children from preschools, churches, and playgrounds for her. Kidnappers preyed on poor children and families who didn't have the means to fight back. Tan's co-conspirators were authority figures, people not to be contradicted, so children often went with them willingly. Sometimes Tan would approach families and offer medical or other help. Tan would tell parents she could get their children into a clinic at no cost, but if they came along as well, they'd be charged a large bill. Uh, in the era before internet and with few phones, Tan relied on her network of spotters. They alerted Tan to children on riverbanks, in shanty towns, or walking home from school. She drove up in her big black car and offered them rides. Right. Oh, she was also in cahoots with a local judge who helped procure children, specifically from impoverished single or widowed mothers. One of her most high-profile co-conspirators was Judge Camille Kelly, who presided over the juvenile court in Shelby County, Tennessee, for 30 years. Mm -hmm. She had a stooge down in the welfare department when someone would apply for assistance. This person would get their name and get in touch with Camille Kelly, Robert Taylor, an investigator, said in a 1992 interview with 60 Minutes. Right. Yeah. In 1950, Taylor, a local lawyer, was asked by newly elected Governor Gordon Browning to do an in-depth investigation into Children's Home Society and TAN. Camille Kelly would send a deputy out to pick them up and award custody to Georgia TAN, he added. Good God. Right. Yeah. She used to raffle off children. This is what Tennessee's trying to bring back, guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, West Virginia farms out to private companies to do the fostering, find the foster parents. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. Is anyone else just seeing the overlap? Is anyone else just that, seeing the same bullshit being pulled one drive after a damn another? Well, yeah. Well, I was going to say the overlap between the... Uh, uh, privatized prison system and the privatized adoption system mm -hmm. like it's not a state agency in west virginia this this is this is a corporate event right it's a corporate affair right like we we, we are paying tax dollars like if you are in the custody of the state either as as a child or as an adult uh, inmate you are there, or even as a juvenile inmate, you are a product, mm -hmm. literal and figurative, mm -hmm. of a private corporation. And, and you want to tell me that we're doing any better by children than we are state uh, uh, prisoners. Yeah. Well, like, some of really? them are state prisoners because we have to put them in juvenile because we can't find homes for them. Well, and that's that's probably a bigger part of the picture, mm -hmm. um, because the fact that, that those two things are overlapping right. should tell you these are effectively the same organization. Right. Like, it's, it's all the same. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, and that's ridiculous. That's mm -hmm. ridiculous. Right. 
So USA Today and today had an interesting article. Who gets married faster? Gay man or straight gay couples or straight couples? And why? Oh yes. So well the answer, because this is from uh today at uh 8 17 a.m. for USA Today. Straight couples get married earlier than gay couples. Here's a look at why is the title of that one. Uh, talk to a single millennial and you'll hear a common refrain. All my friends are getting married and having kids. Walking to the chapel and I'm not getting married, a TikTok user joke. This is particularly true for LGBTQ millennials who may have gotten a late start in the romance department compared to their straight peers. Marriage is about much more than saying I do. It's also a vital institution in the U.S. that guarantees rights and benefits to those who enter into it. And until 2015, when the Supreme Court legalized gay marriage, that didn't include everyone. Recent data shows that the average age at first marriage for homosexual couples was older than heterosexual couples. But why is that the case? While experts can't point to a definitive reason, and time will presumably shed light on this more, it's likely a combination of waiting for the opportunity to marry in the first place, coming out later in life, rejection of societal norms, and general marriage trends skewing older. Mm, oh. Something else, too. We're still waiting. We're still waiting. Okay. Us old, us old gays uh, are, are still waiting, like, mm-hmm, where's my benefits? Oh, yeah, we don't have any. Tax liabilities, oh, that's through the roof. We got to pay off student. You got student loan debt. I don't want to link in your student loan debt with my debt. I mean, we are not look. Gay couples look at marriage much differently. Mm-hmm. It is, what is the benefits? Well, and, and I think that goes a little deeper than that and probably needs a better explanation for, yeah. for the heterosexuals out there, is that as part of a group that was traditionally denied marriage, we created our own pseudo marriages and in terms of social marriage, as right. in that's my husband. Yeah. Um, that's while not well, right. third. And so there isn't the same push like in in the 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 um, alphabet soup mm-hmm. um, to go get married. Um, you'll also see this play out in uh, poly situations. Right. You'll see this play out in a number of ways um, in that, you know, we, we don't have the same, like, pedestal of marriage. Oh, lovely. Oh, what? I went to shake the creamer. <laughs> we need a commercial break. We okay, need a commercial so... break, and I need the invisible assistant in here immediately. Okay, well, let me roll that beautiful bean footage. Hi, I'm Dottie the Psychic, and I'm sure you're wondering why I'm not wearing any makeup. Well, one reason is to irritate my social media manager, Asen Knight. Hi, Asen. The other reason is because I like to get to the naked truth about what it means to be a neurodivergent LGBT person with psychic abilities. I've got vlogs, blogs, and podcasts, and videos all related 
to try to live my best life and helping witches and bitches do the same thing. So, you can check all that out and get a reading from Dottie the Psychic at D-O-T-T-I-E the Psychic.com. Safe travel and much profit to you. Do you have a cute pet? We know you do. Each week, Tracy Van chooses from submitted photos a featured reader for her Facebook page and provides a tarot reading. Your adorable pet cat, dog, rabbit, goat, chicken, snake, or more could be her next featured reader. Visit TracyVan.com, T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com, and click Featured Reader to submit. We look forward to seeing your pet next. Hey everybody, Lady Gwendolyn here, and I am here to tell you how to get in contact with me and a little bit about what I do. I am the high priestess that works with shadow work to help you grow and heal. And I work with um, <clears throat> access bars, Reiki, I do power forms. I'm recently getting into crystal healing, sound therapy as well. So you can go to Lady Gwendolyn Healing. That is L-A-D-Y-G-W-E-N-D-O-L-Y-N-H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. Book your appointment with me. I do in person. I do over the phone. I do over Zoom. We can do that as well. Um, my main goal is to help you grow and heal because I've been there, I'm still going through it, and I let my strength help guide you. See you soon. Hey everybody, Natalie here from The Pendulum's Path. If you are in need of guidance, direction, spiritual connection, healing, or more, you have come to the right place. I have worked as a psychic and a medium for over three years, connecting people from all over the world with their loved ones, giving them insight and guidance into their current situations, their past healings, their blockages, and what they need to know in order for them to have a better future. It would be my absolute honor if you would come to my website at www.thependulumspath.com, visit my shop. I have a whole bunch of crystals, oils, bombs, mystery boxes, and more. And visit my services. I offer 15-minute, 30-minute, and 60-minute sessions. I also have email readings available if you're not comfortable with the one-on-one -on -one session with me or if you just want to try me out. I encourage you to come visit me at the Pendulum's Path, and let's get you back on the right track today. All right. We're back after a quick costume change. <laughs> So I had to process all that because I wasn't getting it at first. So let's tell them real quickly and we'll get back to this gay marriage thing. Okay. Um, so you have a new system. Right. Basically what amounts to a coffee urn mm -hmm. where you have pre-brewed coffee and you have added a small uh, creamer container. Right. And so what happened is you thought the lid was locked on that creamer container. It was not. You went all shake weight on it. Yep. And um, it, well, um, exploded all over you. And the keyboard and, and the desk and the puppy. <laughs> and the puppy? And the puppy. Oh it my is God. what it is. It, you know, we ain't going to cry over spilled milk, but damn it, I'm tired. <laughs> 
This I'm is sorry. not it's podcasting, guys. This is what happens. Hell, even my camera got moved. <laughs> Come on down. There we go. Alrighty. All right. <laughs> so back to gay marriage. Why I think the numbers are down, why I think gay couples are waiting longer. Here's how. Here's a little bit of history. There's a couple I know. They've been together almost 40 years. Mm-hmm. How many marriage certificates do you think they have? Oh, Lord. That's the one with like four, isn't it? No, eight. Eight? Eight married, different marriage certificates. Oh, my gosh. Four, like, did they do the, the like, come here, go away, like, soap opera thing? Or did they, is this like the marriage one? Marriage originally in England. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the U.S. said, we're not going to recognize that. So they went to Canada and uh, married. They went to, in like, Massachusetts, uh, Pennsylvania, Hawaii, every place that, as soon as it would get legal, this lovely couple, and they're amazing. They do a lot of amazing things. They have a lot of adopted children. Great couple would go get married, hoping to finally get their marriage recognized. And every time the U.S. government would come back and go, no, no. No. And finally. And then finally, you know, last year, no, it was right before, you know, the day the marriage bill passed, they got married. Oh, they must have fun at the uh, DMV, don't they? Well, that's just it. None of them are legal, except for the last one. I know, but wouldn't you think there'd be a moment, though? Oh, I think you know. a moment when you just bring in the marriage certificates and just stack them up. Here you go. Have fun. Fun. Um, like I oh well, and then like we've been together nearly six years. Yeah. And like we're not running towards any altar. Well, it's not running towards any altar. I keep looking and telling you we don't have that right yet. Because we don't well, have the right to form a marriage. Well, effectively, no, and especially in the current climate. Mm-hmm. I, like, and and I'm, yeah. Yeah. We can form an LLC. We can form a corporation. Yeah. We can form a other form of a contract together. We have them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think more importantly, though, like, I don't know. It never was a big thing to me. Well, it was to me growing up, and I've done it. It was nice. It was lovely. Recently, well, yeah, it. you've already had the experience. I have yeah, zero, zero marriages. Um, I was, guys. Here's how bad I am at marriage. I was like, I don't know, thirty-three, maybe thirty-four. 30, no, it was twenty sixteen. So what? It was seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I actually went to my first marriage. So yeah, I was thirty-three when I went went to my first marriage. Didn't didn't get married. I was an attendee at a marriage. Thirty the marriage or the vow renewal? No, that was a marriage. Okay, that was a marriage. Okay, and then yeah, I've been to one vow renewal. Uh-huh. And then met you. 
Yeah. Well, but... actually, sorry, I went to the Val. We met you, went to the Val renewal, and then suddenly your marriage business had had a boost. Well, of and like I've been to a few more since. Yeah. Um, but no, I was 33 before I actually managed to attend a wedding. God, I think I was four. Some of y'all out there talking about always oh, the bridesmaid, never the bride. Bitch, I can't even get to a fucking reception till I was 33. Okay. Uh-huh. Like, just want y'all to hear that. Any rubbery chicken or bad chicken salad. <laughs> I promise you, you haven't missed it at all. Funerals, however, I have seen every possible version. Now, here's where this comes out on my family. I have, uh, you know, of course, my parents and my grandparents and my siblings. And, like, my parents were on the verge of divorce when mom found out she was pregnant with me. Mm -hmm. I inadvertently saved their marriage, and there are huge air quotes around that. That is a whole other story. We don't have time in the show left. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, to say my parents had a great marriage would be the biggest lie I'd ever told. So, we're not going to do that. Well, um, you know, here's the factors. They raised five kids. They got out of it. Oh, Brenda's going to make me a bridesmaid. Huh? Brenda's going to make me a bridesmaid. Oh, okay. Aww. Okay. Sorry. Continue. You know, was it this romance book love of marriage? No. I don't think that there is that one. Now, my expiring goal is at least meet the terms of your grandparents' marriage. I've made the same request your grandmother has. I'm expecting the same performance. Well, there's that. Um, although I just did have a technical thought. Okay. If you want to be technically truthful. Uh-huh. I did attend a marriage before I was born. Uh-huh. It was one of, it was my, uh, well, who literally it was, it was one of my brother's marriages. Um, one of my brothers and one of his marriages, which was the next point I was going to make is like my siblings were all married and divorced at least once, mm-hmm. except for one of my sisters. I think, yeah, cause she's only had the one marriage and if she divorces him at this point, my God. <laughs> What's the point? Right. <laughs> so, I mean, but no, like the ability to get to weddings is not a thing for me. Right. Like in my case, I mom was five months pregnant with me and didn't know it. Right. So, yeah. But no, I, I don't think it has the same priority somehow. And I think it's the fact that we were so long denied mm-hmm. all the benefits, any benefits of any marriage. Benefits. And then now we're still denied all of the benefits of marriage. Right. That it's just kind of like, we can do that. Yeah. What's but let me see. Um, I have to buy two bottles of vodka for the accountant. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, no. Okay, I know you got milk on you. You want padded, got that. Um, you know, we have to buy the accountant two bottles of vodka and an Advil case. Yeah, because it's going to be 
fun that's doing right. the taxes from yeah. then on like every yearly two bottles of vodka and a, a bottle of advil just to do our taxes yeah um, um because we're gonna fight the state and then the federal government is still like oh, what what huh how <sighs> um and then i don't know you don't you know i can take out life insurance and not marry you neither yeah. one of us provide insurance for each other no like you know that hasn't happened um combined well, and there's some reports i don't think that'd be really good well and then there are some legitimate issues mm -hmm. in terms of like you know <laughs> there <laughs> While there's some advantages like, you know, social security death benefits um, for whatever that would be worth, because again, both self-employed. Mm -hmm. um, so that's not really a thing right. for us personally. Right. Um, but even if that, it, it, like if you're out here with like Medicaid and food stamps and, you know, government benefit receiving, Mm -hmm. that marriage is just as ugly regardless of your your sex sexuality right um we we've literally made marriage a rich people thing right um so it is now a classist ableist thing right um on top of being a predominantly heterosexual classist ableist thing right but like, that's what I'm saying is, you know, gay couples, poly couples can sit there and make the determination without this rush of, oh, the sanctity of, what sanctity of marriage? Marriage has never been sanctity. It's been a contract. Normally, you're yeah. getting a piece of property. Yeah. Hmm. One way I or another. Property already. Why do I need the contract? And right. the other part of that property doesn't listen to me to begin with. Ah. So yeah, there's that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't. Right. And, it, then want, and then people want to say, well, the religious value of it. We'll go there. We'll go there. Okay. All right. Well, and that's value. a religious right. And you don't have to have a, a legal marriage to have a religious right. Well, I know that. But I'm talking about, the you know, the, this is the right wing's thing. You know, the sanctity of marriage. No. If you look at your Bible and you look at marriage and what it is, it's real simple. It's when person B comes into person A's house. Well, damn, we've done that over four years ago. Uh, Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. Yeah. Like, I'm already here. Yeah. That's um, what it was. And yeah. someone got some goats, which, you know, I'm still trying to figure out which sister to mail those to. Don't send my sister goats, and you know exactly which sister to mail them to. Sure the one who hates mowing her yard the most. Maybe it'll take care of the deers. That's not the one who hates mowing her yard the most. Now I see your debate. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh no! No! Oh, how many goats am I worth again? <laughs> I don't know how much. How many spices did you bring to me? Oh Lord, there's going to be a lot of goats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and shannon points out marriage licenses were added as a requirement to stop interracial marriages yes well that and to include be included in benefits yeah 
Yeah. Well, yeah. at the point in which you can create a separate legal thing from a, right. a religious thing, because right. I'm sure many churches early on would have gladly done the marriages far before the state was ready and the general public was ready uh -huh. um, to accept the marriages as a result that, right. that you know, this, this union is, is morally repugnant to a percentage of the population and it is significant enough of a percentage mm -hmm. that, yeah, no, we need a stop for that. Right. But, you know, so, and for those wondering, I've made two requests to Joe with our relationship. What are those two requests? Same ones my grandmother made, a gun and a car. Uh-huh. I allow you to keep your gun. Uh -huh. And, um, well, you have a car. <laughs> like, I do what I can. I know. Um, <laughs> like the best of both worlds, no, but no. they exist. They exist. We're doing what we can. Um, we do as well as we can. You know. So um, that's my viewpoint. Um, and I think that you know, yes, we have the right. Yes, it's very useful. Oh, I allow you to keep your gun. Well, he's not seen my gun since we've been together. Mm -hmm. That's why it's allowed. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, Shannon's saying, Asen, sure you do. Uh-huh. I have my ways. Uh-huh. There you go. But no. Mm -hmm. Contractual agreement is what marriage is about. And right now, sorry, the, the contractual ideal of this is not ideal. Well, the, more importantly, the contract isn't even equal. Mm-mm. Like, if you're talking about, if, if, okay, so two drunk morons in Vegas who are mm -hmm. heterosexual mm -hmm. can show up and get a plethora of government benefits, mm -hmm. a plethora of, you know, corporate benefits right. in terms of like, you know, health care, death benefits, etc., the, you know, leave from work for to attend a spouse's funeral, FMLA, you name it. Like most companies, you can be married to someone you met five seconds before right. you agreed to marry them. Right. Um, while drunk in Vegas. Right. And this is a totally legally binding, socially respected, corporate respected thing. Mm-hmm. Like you get that marriage certificate and walk into a bank, you you know, like you you do all the things as either side of that heterosexual couple, like you could get hit by a bus walking out of the little chapel of love, whatever in Vegas. That person is now your legal next of kin who makes right. your medical decisions. Right. But try pulling that as a gay couple. Try yeah. pulling that and not effectively arguing or having to argue that this is a legitimate marriage, that you are actually, you know, a couple, that you are actually like, and, and these are the fights that we have um, or, or married couples do, um, that your marriage as a gay couple should be respected. Right. 
but two drunk morons that are heterosexual in Vegas walk into a wedding chapel and they get everything. Right. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No one cares. Sure. They're fine with that. Like God said yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, make it make sense. Well, not only that, but you know, we've had to take so many things to court, so many things ahead of court, into court, over court, you know. They're going to whittle and nibble at it until it's no more. Like, we know they're going to do that. That's what they've done. And that's what's happening now. Yeah. Is that now that it looked like we had at least a good running solid foundation. Right. um, Now we're going backwards on it. And it's getting fought bit by bit by bit by bit. Right. Um. And quite frankly, we have an upcoming election. Yes. And that election um, is is potentially one where if if we have a second Trump presidency. Well, that's if he's free. I mean, you know. Well, that's if he's free. That's that's yeah. you know he he's older, like. Mm-hmm. Um, things could happen between now and then. Like, right. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm not wishing anything. I'm not inspiring anyone. Like, none of that. Not what mm-hmm. I'm saying. I'm just saying it's a while. He's old. Right. Um, like, crap can happen. Right. Um, but should we have a second uh, Trump presidency mm-hmm. and, and a massive conservative, you know, reverb back through the House and Senate? Mm-hmm. Coupled with the Supreme Court we now have, right? There's a very high possibility mm-hmm. that, that, with the tenor of what has been said, um, and where religious organizations are at, mm-hmm. and when I say religious organizations, let me clarify: I mean Christian religious organizations, the more evangelical kind, are right. at, um. I don't know that we can guarantee that your legal gay marriage currently isn't going to put you on a hit list. Right. That we're not going to start doxing people. Right. Which we already are. are. That's already occurring for those that do not know. Yes, it's already occurring. People are being doxed. Yeah. I I just, I like, and, and that's just part of it. Right. Like I, I have sincere, though low level still, mm-hmm. but sincerely held fear, um, that we could one day end up in some kind of a gay internment camp. Yeah. Given given the society we're currently in. And this is why we keep the passports. Yeah. Hello, Canada. Hand me like, your coffee. That's better than American Starbucks. Hand me your, you know, maple syrup that's better for my diabetes. And, oh, yes, we will gladly pay you taxes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there, there's that. Um, so, yeah, Brenda asked a great question. So how many people have woke up married in Vegas and been too wasted to even know they got married to whoever? Good question. I don't think anyone has a count on that. I'm sure it is ridiculous. I think that would be an interesting study to make. Oh, uh, that'd be great. 
Yes, and we have a barista bringing in news hot off the presses. International criminal courts issued a warrant for Putin over Russia's alleged war crimes in the Ukraine. Hmm. Wow. So, international war, the International Criminal Court on Friday issued an arrest warrant for Russian Vladimir Putin on war crimes because of his allergic involvement in the abduction of children from the Ukraine. The court said in a statement that Putin is allegedly responsible for war crimes of unlawful disparate of population uh, children and unlawful transfer of population children from occupied areas of the Ukraine to Russian fr- uh, fundamentalists. It is us issued warrant Friday for the arrest of the chairman of the Children's Rights Office and the president of Russian Federation. With similar allegations, the IC says that its pretrial chambers found there were reasonable grounds to believe that each suspect bears responsibility for the war crimes of unlawful deportation of population and unlawful transfer of population from the occupied areas of Ukraine to Russian Federation in prejudgment. Over the course of the last year, prosecutors uh, as well as the Ukrainian Prosecuting Office have gathered evidence of a multitude of the country and in individual sources. Um, CBS News Paula Fornier reported earlier this week that ICC prosecutor uh, was preparing to seek an arrest warrant for the individuals involved in alleged Ukrainian children and targeting of influences. My question is, how are they going to execute this? I, I wouldn't take a vacation, Putin. I wouldn't take a vacation. Mm, you know, Trump isn't able to take a vacation either. Well, this is true. This yeah. is true. But, yeah. <clears throat> so, those are some major stories, though. There, yeah. There's a lot going on. Uh, of course, you know, President Biden issued a statement calling Putin a war criminal and called for him face trial that the U.S. is not part of the international court systems, having never ratified the treaty to create the institution. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. Uh, might might should have gotten on that one. Yeah, at least then we would, you know, I don't know, participate in something. Um, other than, you know, selling arms. Um, oh, there's rioting in Paris over pension laws. Good God. There's rioting every week in France. Well, yeah. They are fucking French. Right. <sighs> Sorry. Uh, the, the pension laws, some of the other riots, they have had a really good riots, and I back all of them. Um, And the big problem is, is they don't want to retire at 64. French workers may have to retire at 64, and many are in uproar. Here's why. Um, oh, Lord. Protests broke out in Paris across several French cities uh, Thursday following a move from the government that forces reform to the pension system that would push the retirement age from 62 to 64. While the purpose of the French cherished pension systems are already controversial in its manner in well, the bill was approved, sidesteps the voting country's lower house where 
President Emil Party uh, previously lacked an overright majority, arguing the point in most arguments, and carried widespread throughout France. Yeah, they're moving the retirement age to 64. You know what the U.S. has done, right? You can't retire to your 70. I know. That, like, and we didn't riot. That's yeah. why it's now 70. Yeah. Um, like, and I say that, and Devin's like, I legitimately laughed out at, uh, out loud at my comment. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I just mean that, like, don't piss off the French. They'll fucking start a war. Yes. Like, why? Why? Do not tick off the French people. They will come together. They will burn some shit down. Right. Not anything of importance, but they'll burn some shit down. Well, they'll tear some shit up, and they will, and they're they will be listened to. Yes. So there is that. Yeah, like they ain't putting up with shit from their government. They've done. They started a riot in seventeen seventy. Seven? No, 1782, I believe. They ain't putting up with not they don't have a problem chopping off the president's head. No, they they're they're fine with that. Yeah. Like, it's just another day in France. Like Ooh. French history, like, oh. Like if if you want a non like if you're a fan of like hardcore action pack movies. Mm-hmm. French history is for you. Right. There, I don't think there's a calm decade in French history. Right. Like, there, I, I don't think so. I, if I remember right, it's just like one event after another. Like, the French are never going to be long-term happy. Like, they right. will show up, fight you, and then, okay, let's all go home. Right. Um. But, like, they'll, they'll pitch a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, they hold standards, which I, I'm not opposed. Don't get me wrong. I'm not opposed. Right. I'm just saying, why, why mm-hmm. would you do something right. that's going to tick off your people? You know how this ends. Yes. Every time. Yes. Never in French history do you do something that ticks off the people and they're like, what you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Like well, never, I, like you can't fight them. I don't even think that the French language has words for mm-hmm. "eh." What you gonna do about it? Yeah, that's just not a French sentiment. Uh huh. All right, let's move into a little bit more closer to the home. Let's talk about the old boys' club going on up here. Oh, yes. So from Metro News, Governor says a state police investigation is nearing its conclusion. This was a couple of days ago on March 15th. Uh, Governor Jim Justice says his administration is nearing conclusion of an investigation of the state police. The investigation, I'm told, is going to conclude this week, Justice said in response to a question during a briefing today. Most things, you know, take extra time. But I am told that investigation is right on the cusp of being over. When that happens and everything, I promise you, you don't have to worry from my side. I will take immediate action. That's all there is to it. I have absolutely tried to be respectful of others and let the investigation be completed. The investigation the governor referenced started with an anonymous letter that made a range of allegations about uh, monetary and sexual actions involving troopers. 
The administration began looking into the validity of the allegations after being asked about them by WCHS TV reporter Kenny Bass. The governor has acknowledged an investigation in recent weeks, but has provided few public details about specific allegations or findings. Quote, I have very, 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 uh, I, okay, he said it. All right. Quote, I have very, very, very concerning, I don't want to say grave, but really concerning views about what has happened and what is going on with the state police. Now I want us to uh, all to remember that we look upon those people and those people run on uh, to the fire every day and we should be admiring of those people, Justice said today. Right now, I'm trying to hold my tongue and absolutely be professional and respectful to allow the investigation to be completed. Justice made reference to State Police Superintendent Jan Cahill, who has been in that role since the administration took office in 2017. Previously, Cahill had been the sheriff in Greenbrier County, where Justice had uh, has long made his home. The original allegations did not directly implicate Cahill, but he is the top official at the agency. You know, Jan's been a friend, and you know, I hope to goodness that the investigation comes in differently than I think it's going to come in, but I don't think this is going to be a good day for, for several folks once it's completed, Justice said. Justice's comments during a Wednesday news briefing were in response to a question by WSAZ reporter uh, Curtis Johnson. The governor returned to the issue again during the briefing's closing remarks. Absolutely, we've got to put this issue to rest and to bed, and as soon as the investigation is completed, I promise you, to God above, I promise you, we will act, and we will act immediately, Justice said at the end of the briefing, but it is only going to give the absolute time for investigation to be completed. Huh. So all of that, sorry guys, we could have gotten a better article, and I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Huh. Uh, let me s- jump through this one. So Eyewitness News, this is from WCHS uh, back in February, uh, February 15th, uh, received a letter about six months ago from an anonymous source claiming to work for the state police. The author didn't sign the correspondence because of fear or retaliation by the agency. Um, blah, 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 blah. Kept moving. So the probe is being led by Department of Homeland Security Secretary Jeff Sandy, who is overseeing an independent inspector general and two additional staff members. Um, Oh, come on, get to the nitty gritty. And that article doesn't either. Like, we're really doing a lot to uh, protect. Let's talk about what we talked, what what was told to, well, what we, let's do our own reporting on this. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, there, there was a letter uh, alleging a lot of misdoing. Um, and yes, some of that was, uh, in terms of, I believe, sexual favors. Mm Um, oh God. There we go. I need a list. That's what I really need. Um, let me see if I can. I, I'm, I'm going to have to find it. Otherwise, it's, this is going to take forever. It was a five page letter detailed allegations of hidden cameras, in a, including a hidden camera system oh, that was placed right. in a woman's locker room at West Virginia State Police Training Academy, a ghost mm-hmm. account, a ghost account used for purchasing uh, 
falsified overtime and a trooper not reporting three crashes in a department-issued vehicle. Some allegations date back to 2018. The letter states the West Virginia Department of Homeland Securities has concluded, conducted the investigation into these allegations. The governor's office has confirmed the investigation and said it is expected to wrap up, and you know, around this time. Um, but what I felt was interesting is that, you know, one guy was pushed into retirement. Another guy was just reassigned to the thing. Yeah. Well, and the, okay. So the important part on the guy who retired is it, it like, and he was given the option. Uh -huh. Um, and it, it, it was with no comment of this on his record, full benefits, mm -hmm. like no reduction in benefits or rank or anything else before right. the retirement took effect. Um, so effectively, pat on the back, job well done, here's your pension, have a nice retirement. Right. Um, the other person involved. Right was and and apparently it, it sounded and there's some debate over this it sounded like at one point maybe cahill had said that he wanted them fired but instead what occurred was the one was given a retirement as an option the other one was sent to um the turnpike yeah like removed from criminal investigation, sent to the turnpike as a turnpike. I, and I don't know, officer, worker, is he sitting in a toll booth? I don't know. Yeah. Um, like, here it is. A senior uh, staff, staff trooper was accused of stealing money from a man at the casino in Cross Lanes, then, uh, then allowed to retire those allegations detailed in the anonymous letter from February. Um, and of course, you know, SAZ was the first to report it because they're the one who got the letter. Um, you know, we have a letter here that we have received regarding the incident at the casino. Johnson said to, to Calhoun on March 10th, when did you become aware now that the former state captain was on video stealing money from someone at a local casino? I can't go into the weeds of, on that, Cohill replied. I was made aware of that. Gosh, I'm not sure if I can do the math in my head. Well, we're surprised. If you can do, if you were educated in West Virginia, you can use math at all. Do you need to take your shoes off? Um, sorry, Calhoun. That's the way you're acting here. Yeah. 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 Um, when I was asked, uh, when I asked for a meeting with the governor, when I asked for the meeting, I found out that what the newscast is that i hear about on the february 15th he defined setting uh set me up at the time with the chief of staff and that's when i found out about the incident it was not part of the internal of the internal letter that came in the day i was made aware i think he turned in and became a retired member the following day he added so basically really? protected one of their own, knew yeah. that this wasn't going to go his way, don't fight it, just retire it, and then the, the issue walks out the door with you. Yes, or thought it would. Or thought it would. Right. Of course, yeah. he immediately got the Freedom of Information Act request within the state lottery. The goal was to obtain the video and possibly report the allegation of theft. And I say, received a response from the lottery commission read, the lottery does not possess or maintain any documents 
responsive to your request. What? <laughs> Facebook has it, but our lottery system doesn't? Apparently. Really? I know, right? <sighs> there you go. Yeah, okay. This is the article you read to me. Thank goodness I bookmarked some shit. Well, uh, thank you. So sorry about that one. Um, so, yeah, there, there's... Yeah. 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 Oh. So looking through this. Um, da, 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 yeah, so that's basically it. All right. Um, and then they weren't allowed to ask any follow-up questions. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, it sounds like Cahill, yeah, did technically say, okay, and I see where the debate could be at, because mm -hmm. um, it looks like he's quoted as saying, I would think that officer should have been terminated if that be the case and terminated right on the spot, you know, because there's no leeway, there's no nothing in regard to that and everything. Um, yeah. So with all that, I realize that the termination request and, and the law and all of that you got to go through. And oh, that was justice. justice. Yeah. That's Wait, justice. sorry. I've heard Justice's voice in that. So they, uh, that's probably not Cahill directly. I think Cahill basically was getting told what to do. What to say and how to act. And didn't do any of it. Um, and that's that's part of the problem, and right. and we're seeing this. Uh, not that it, it's anything new, but we're seeing this come to light more. Mm -hmm. Like like the average public is beginning to see how our our police systems actually work. Right. That this this supposedly you know because I'm sorry, for a police department to be effective, you have to trust them. Your general citizenry that is you know going yep. to work, paying taxes, doing the best they can, has to trust them for this right. to be a good, solid, reputable group of people. Right. Um, and what we're seeing more and more is the the bright ass light of day hitting these departments and showing that no, no, many of them are damn near criminal enterprises in and of themselves. Right. Mostly because they do not respect the fact that an officer to gain the respect of their community, to keep the respect of their community, literally has to be better than the average person. Right. Like, you could argue whether or not that's fair, but it's it's the truth. We expect right. it of our elected officials to a greater degree than we would an officer, but if, you know, like if my officer is having an affair, I don't really care. Um, if my officer is stealing... Well, I yes. do care if it's on my time. In my well, video. that yes, at yes. the back of the the high school, I do care about that. Oh, so the governor's office released the following statement Wednesday night on February sixteenth, twenty twenty three. Brian Abram, chief of staff for the governor, had a conversation with Colonel Cahill, where Colonel Cahill expressed his frustration that he was not more involved in the Department of Homeland Security investigation. Chief Abram then advised Colonel Cahill about the incident at Mardi Gras Casino, where the actions of the troopers involved. 
Uh, Colonel Cahill asked Chief Abram for advice on how to handle the matter. Yeah. Okay. Give me a minute. I'll get to the rest of it. It's like the third paragraph down. Oh, sorry. Now I get what you meant. Yeah. Um... Okay, so Colonel Cahill asked Chief Abram for advice on how to handle the matter. Chief Abram recommended that Colonel Cahill terminate the employment of both troopers involved uh, by the close of business on February 16th, 2023. Subsequently, on February 17th, 2023, Chief Abram called Colonel Cahill to inquire about what happened with the troopers on February 16th. Colonel Cahill advised that one trooper opted to retire. Colonel Cahill further advised that he transferred another from the Bureau of Criminal Investigations to the Turnpike. Neither of those actions were recommended to Colonel Cahill by Chief Abram. Colonel Cahill also advised that an internal investigation was initiated with regard to the trooper that was transferred. Yeah, so he ignored everything he, he was effectively told was at least best idea. Right. I, I, cause I don't know whether what chief Abram asked him to do was an order. Cause it really doesn't sound like it was an order. It's, it sounds like he was, he asked advice, uh, and, and received advice and then ignored the advice mm -hmm. and went, we'll do it a different way. Yeah. We'll Save do it a different that effect, way. Right? You know, we'll make sure everything gets there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds like the the equivalent of like you you get pulled over for DUI, but your 15 year old's in the back seat with his learner's permit, mm -hmm. and instead of arresting you for DUI and endangerment of a child, you let the 15 year old drive you home. Oh please, okay. On the streets of Oak Hill, there has been people pulled over for DUIs before and told to get in the back seat, and one trooper drives it drives the car, and the other one follows behind them. Well, and I mean, it, it's not, and, and still doesn't, and, and yet in that, no one recognizes the fundamental harm. No. That, you know, no, you, like, there's a reason this needs to be a zero tolerance crime is because every time you tolerate it. Right. You, you perpetuate it. Right. And you're just leading, like, you're just dragging out or, or leading to the eventual point in which someone does something horrible behind the wheel of a car while driving. Like, and I don't care. Like, some people think they drive better or, or can drive at all when they're drunk. You can't. Right. But, you know, the, one of the last time I went to Clarksburg, I, we went to Clarksburg. We're coming mm -hmm. home, and we look ahead, and there's this um, Cadillac... Um, SUV going on down the road, driving very unresponsible, mm -hmm. speeding along, and we finally get to the Summersville stoplight. Look at the tag, and I'm like, ah, Justice is driving around in town again. <laughs> yeah. Speeding yeah. through Summersville. Well, yeah, pretty much, yep. Yeah. Like, it, it was, it was, he was hot-dogging it. Well, that in a rapid speed, you know, he should have been pulled over. Anybody else should have pulled him over. No, he boom goggles it all up and down the damn interstate. You know, if you look up Blankenship, you'll see that he has an alcohol problem. His hat had an alcohol problem. But if your last name is Blankenship and you get pulled over, 
you get driven home and told, don't do that again. Take, you know, Missy, take him in and put him to bed. He's had a little too damn much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then you have to wonder how far is it going to go? Because it all sounds kind of innocuous if someone's had just one drink too many. And yeah, maybe they shouldn't be driving, but they're not that drunk. Put that in air quotes. The, and it's a one-time thing. It's never happened before. Um, you could make an argument. Mm-hmm. The, and I'm just saying the argument that, that it's basically the argument that used to get made right. was that, you know, don't destroy someone's life over a mistake. Right. Um, the problem being that what we know about drunk driving is it's never the first time. Right. It's always happened before. And it will happen again if you don't have major severe consequences for the one time you you caught it. Right. Um, Because the next time you get called, oh, yes, the consequences may be horrible. Mm -hmm. um, Because now you can't ignore dead bodies. Right. Or people being rushed to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. um, In an attempt to, to, you know, because they've, been involved in a massive car accident and in an attempt to save their life or get the medical treatment mm-hmm. you it's harder to ignore that though then again i'm sure in this state we've ignored a few right i and i'm sure that that in all 50 states right um that that we've ignored a few um and, and i recognize the fact that by all rights my father should have never been able to drive again mm-hmm. but not for the fact that we didn't care about this right like i i'm sure that in the 50s and 60s because i think it was the 70s we started cracking down late 70s even at that right on dui if not early right. 80s um my father shouldn't have had a license he should not have been allowed to drive i'm sure right. he drove drunk too many times to count right he told stories of being locked up, uh, locked up, um, for drunk driving, being thrown in a drunk tank till you sobered the hell up, and then you got to drive yourself home, and no one gave a shit. Right. That's it. That's all. You, you just okay, Mister Arrington. We're gonna take you over to the drunk tank now. You sober up, get you some sleep. We'll give you some coffee in the morning. Mm-hmm. Then you can get up and go to work. Right. This is a perpetuation of it, and to the fact that it would exist within our police. Like, no, sorry, this ends in dead bodies. That's how this ends up. I'm not saying every person who drives drunk is going to kill someone. I'm not saying every time you do it, you're going to kill someone. It's just the likelihoods, the potentialities. Mm-hmm. You don't have the ability to drive like a responsible adult when you're drunk. Well... You don't have the responsibility to drive when you're drunk. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't, you know, you, there are, in today's time, there's no damn reason. No damn reason. No, not, no, not especially now. Right. Oh, God. Right. Like, it kills me. I, I don't get it. It drives me nuts. Right. Uh, that's me. But yeah. But yeah. 
Alright, well, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll be seeing if Jay's an asshole again. Absolutely. Welcome back, goblins! My name is Jason, and I am the host of the Esoteric Book Club, a podcast that examines titles on the magical, paranormal, the mysterious, and the strange. I release two episodes a month in which I review books on esoteric topics, recap news of the weird, and conduct interviews with authors, practitioners, and experiencers. The Esoteric Book Club can be found on every major podcast service or can be streamed directly from esotericbookclub.org. Hi, I'm Tracy Van. I provide a blended reading consisting of mediumship, psychic, and tarot cards. A reading from me can cover any guidance you need from relationships with your partner or your family, spiritual, financial, any questions you may need clarity on. If you would like to book an appointment with me, check out my website, tracyvan.com. That's T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com. I have bookings from 15 to 60 minutes you may choose from. That helps if you just have a quick question, need an answer, or if you're looking for a reading in more depth, I'm here to provide the guidance and clarity for you. Uh, Let's just figure it out. Bye. Hi, Techie Joe here. I work with Ace and Knight and some of the best psychics in West Virginia to create amazing live streams and podcasts for the Psychic Coffee Shop Network. Together, we brew up great content discussing news, events, hot topics, and more, all from a psychic perspective. On The Psychic Coffee Shop, we interview amazing authors in the metaphysical realm. Coffee and Tea combines Asen with Tracy, Dottie, Natalie, or Lady Gwendolyn for the good and the bad of being a psychic. Shameless self-promotion with Dottie the Psychic talks to leading and emerging YouTubers and business owners in our community. Mountain Bears brings you the latest in LGBT news and politics. The Psychic That Plans answers the question of, well, how a psychic plans. Plus, we're live on air. We take your comments and your questions, including psychic advice questions. Check out our amazing programming, book an appointment with top psychics, and find out all the wonderful things we have to offer at PCSBnetwork.com today. Hi, I'm Ace and Knight. I provide tarot readings covering everything from love and relationships to your life questions and your spiritual answers. And also, I provide a lot of guidance and finances and divorces and all those relationship problems. So, if you'd like to get a reading from me privately, not on air, you can feel free to do so by visiting aceandnight.com and booking your appointment. I also provide on-demand services, so if your life is a little chaotic, you can go ahead and click that call now button there on my site right for a quick answer question. All right, guys, back to the show. Enjoy. Oh, my God. Welcome back. All right, read your case. 
All right. Am I the asshole for having the wedding after party at a gay bar? I, 27 male, grew up with my dad, 55 male, who raised me by himself. I was a result of his one-night stands, but he says I was the biggest gift that the universe brought him. He was a really present father, and he works as a cardiology professor in the same small medical fa uh, faculty since I was 12. He is well-loved and respected by his peers. His students love him, and he always gives huge graduation parties for them. Each term, there is 70-ish students that graduate, and whenever he is having a party for a reason, his students flood our house. The school's alumni still visit us when they pass by. His family never liked his lifestyle. We were always welcome to the events, per se, and my grandparents were always so caring, but his brothers and sisters have always seen him as a child, and other relatives also had the same attitude. With me being openly gay, that wasn't a positive factor in their relationship. So my dad saw his students as his family, and he even walked some of his students down the aisle, and everyone invites him to their weddings, and I'm good friends with some of his students. I'm getting married next May to my fiancé, 32 male, who is one of my dad's students in medical school. My dad and I are low contact with his family after uh, everything that's gone on, um, I came out, but we decided to invite them still to the ceremony. The kick is the after party will be at a gay bar because my dad never went to one all these years. I was surprised to hear this, but whatever. And honestly, it'll be more fun. We invited, uh, oh shoot. We invited all my dad's students, our friends and his colleagues from the medical faculty, but we didn't invite the family. The family got word from a friend of my cousin's and they are mad. My in-laws uh, thinks they have been, uh, they have a point of being mad and they say we should change the venue to a family friendly one. Normally they wouldn't interfere with our decisions as a couple and it was the first time they said something about the process. My husband and dad left the decision to me. So am I the asshole? No. You can leave your little children at home and come to a gay bar and enjoy a drink and celebrate it or not. Uh, yeah, I no, I'm totally there for that. Well, and I think this one might need some more detail. Like, uh, how at a gay bar are we talking in terms of family friendly? Because, like, there's going to be a stripper that's probably not family friendly. But, I mean, totally your thing. You can do that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. But I think maybe there's an objection to the venue that right. might not even be anything more than, like, it's at a gay bar. We rented right. out a gay bar for the night. Right. They are closed for our wedding reception. Mm -hmm. Not, we're just all going to go to a normal night at a gay bar. Right. And all the normal things will occur that yeah okay some people might find that objectionable right um not that i'm saying they're right i'm just saying okay i can begin to understand where someone could have a, you know a personal i'm not gonna go to that objection right. um so that's my part one my part two is no you don't owe them anything you you've pledged your case and won that mm -hmm. you know your your bio family from on your dad's side kind of crap right i do have a question though about your future in-laws mm -hmm. is 
I, I don't know that they're getting the situation and I'm more curious why they're being supportive of like, are they just unaware of your bio family's problem with both you and your dad? Right. Um, and the fact that no, really, if you needed one more reason to go have it at a gay bar, the fact that they're mad, probably worth it. Right. Um, because quite frankly, it doesn't sound like you're trying to make amends with them, nor would I suggest it, because it doesn't sound like these are people to have amends made with. Right. I, oh, um, locations are secure. That's been one of the, oh, bars aren't secure. No, the security locations are secure. See, I always look and see if OP has commented. Fair enough, fair enough. I don't always scroll through those. I do. Yeah. Okay, what all we got there? Um, let's see. They brought up that it was insecure. Nope. If it's all grown up, just says 18 or... It is all 18 in our family. Kids are not allowed to attend ceremonies or reception dinners if there was alcohol had in them. So we start to drink at home first and then move into the public. So this is Eastern European, by the way. Um, okay. So that's why it's called an after party. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think you can have different guests for both events as well. Um, I, I don't see why you can't. I Now, do I think people have a right to be offended they're not part of that guest list? Right. Yeah, I think people have a right to be offended they're not part of that guest list, but I also think you have a right to have two separate guest lists. Right. You know, the cool people I want to hang out with after... And the people that I'm inviting to the actual ceremony. Right. Um, and here's the kicker, I think, really. Like, you think the kicker, like, OP thinks the kicker is at the gay bar. I think the kicker is, I think they're doing a lot of bitching for a wedding and an after party that no one's going to attend from your family. Yeah. And they were never going to. Right. I And I hate that. I, I think that sucks. Um, and, but I think that's the reality. And I think you already kind of knew that. Right. Um, is that this is just a reason for more drama. Right. Um, uh, well, I think that they are already objecting to the marriage to begin with, the way it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, your wedding, your choice, hosted the after party. Um, and what about their family. We live in three level houses and the bottom floor is open to all of his students. Uh, oh, it was a comment about, you know, asking about the arrangement. He has a library that all the students can use at the bottom floor, but we are also a three-minute walk to campus. I know them personally. Um, <laughs> that was a comment about calling him an asshole for inviting all the students to the after party, but not inviting the family. No, I'm sorry. You, you're allowed to have family that isn't blood-related. Exactly. And you've already called them as much. That yeah. no, no, these are my selected family. Right. Now, the only reason that he invited the family was because of the grandparents' will that asked that all family attend be invited to these events. Ugh. Yeah. Talk about overreach. Uh, well, but still, he's keeping he's he's, he's keeping, keeping kosher with the will. Father made to his you know grandparents. Yep. Like, you said the wedding, you didn't say right. the after party. <laughs> like, you said wedding, not reception. Right. 
So keep him in the will by technicality. Right. I mean, granted, the wills are the wills, and the wills, I'm sure, can be changed. And I'm sure there's going to be some PO'd grandparents that are going to go change a will. Right. Um, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Well, no, the will's already been executed. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, so, hey. The leftover, you know. Um, so, basically, he has a trust fund. No. The will's no. already been executed. But it's one of those bequeathments, like, request i.e like you know our reigning uh mistress prissy to request to be living here the rest of her natural life which may pose a problem because i'm pretty sure she's gonna outlive us that's a possibility you know i'm looking at having to set her up a trust fund yeah 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 um but you know I mean, and I appreciate the respect being given to his grandparents for, for the whole, yeah. you know. And he followed the technicalities of it. Yeah. Technically, I'm sure they only asked that they be invited to the wedding. Yeah. And did not clearly specify whether that meant the wedding reception or not. Right. And Well, it's not a well if you call it an after party. No, it's yeah, an it's an after party. After party. Well, and here to explain a reception in that country is a four to five hour social dinner. Mm -hmm. This is not cocktail hour, formal meal. This is not that. They're going to the bar after they get wet. There you go. All right. So So, the poll is up on aceandnight.com. Feel free to vote if you're the you know if he is the asshole for having his reception at a gay bar. All righty. So moving right along, we have a poly. Um, good hinging. Reading through the sub, and there are so many conflicts and problematic relationship situations that arise from bad hinging. I was thinking it might be helpful to list examples of hinging practices that support uh, functional versus uh, non-functional, I'm guessing. They didn't yeah. finish their sentence. So do's, be upfront about boundaries that might impact the parameters of your relationship, including boundaries that are derived from your relationship agreements. Own these as your boundaries. Um, Hear from partners whether kitchen table poly or parallel is their general style preference modality for your V and define what that means. This can change with time and circumstance, but it's good jumping off, but it's a good jumping off point. Avoid giving voice to comparisons between partners, especially to uh, said partners. Balance your needs and desires in each relationship. Negotiate explicit relationship agreements for each relationship. Admit to yourself and your partners when you are making decisions that will impact the time or connection you have with the person you are dating. Practice good privacy boundaries. Do not share sex, trauma, personal histories of one partner with another without the explicit consent of the partner to whom the facts are being are attributable um, and schedule dedicated time alone. Don't vent about your uh, one relationship to the other partner. Try to please everyone all the time. Sometimes one of your partners will be disappointed if your default is always caretaking the feelings of one party over the other, problems will arise. Deceive or omit important facts uh, uh, that impact the relationship. Do you agree? What am I missing? I agree with most of those. 
do have a shared calendar, do require that you meta speak to each other, do require that you, you know, make sure that you repeat yourself mm-hmm. to both partners. No Paul hovering the story. Don't admit detailed information that impacts other partners. Those are mine that aren't listed there. Well, no, there there is a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, do, yeah, don't deceive or omit important facts that impact the relationships. That one was there. But this is non-impactful information that still is going to Paul Harvey something. Well, but I think at some points, Paul Harveying, as much as you dislike it, is mm-hmm. unfortunately just life. Mm-hmm. Like, I, because I think there are times and situations in which, is it relevant information at that exact moment? Probably not. Right. Does it become relevant information later? Maybe. Right. Like, if, you know, trying to think of something, like a really good example. Well, I think a great example is last uh, Tuesday. Okay. You, y'all, you got to enjoy the benefit of being in dual communications with people. Okay. Okay, you went and picked up the invisible assistant. Mm-hmm. He vented about work. I'm sure he vented about a lot more things than work. No. Y'all came in. Yeah. Y'all both had to repeat what you said. Because I needed to know the information. I think it was over his shift changing something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was something that happened at work. But anyway. Now, I don't think that's quite the same. Like, I think that's important. And he could have handled that. I, like, we just started that because it was funny. Right. What had happened. Right. Um, And so it was a funny story we were both telling our parts of. um, Because we had reactions to it. Um, and that kind of happened actually, I think, uh, there, there was another event that happened like yeah. yesterday, um, that, that fell in the same category right. because I, t- I took him to work. I'm like, it's a whole long screwed up it's story, like but I took a really short story. He took him to work. He went through the drive-thru. He used his pet name. I use the words that I say to like, like I have dangled for a while now that like i'm gonna do this uh-huh. and joking and anyway so i used that thankfully his co-worker actually didn't hear me um and then we had a whole conversation at when i picked him up from work about that and it was humorous and funny and we had you know we basically rehearsed it was a that. joke but yeah it was fun yeah. yeah it was a joke it was funny and you know they have this banter that they've created Mm-hmm. And it's the best thing for a hinge to get is when the two matters or the three matters or the five matters can get along and banter. Yeah. And oh, you yeah. aren't doing this. You need to get him at four. I'm going to print. I'm going here and I'll be gone for three days. Nope. I can't do that because I'm handling this, this, and this with this one. Can we do it next week? The other thing is have a damn good color grading system. Have a wood what? color coding color grading system okay uh well i think that's helpful right i think you can live without it i think it's helpful really i don't think so i mean if you looked at our google calendar and you saw no color there 
I well, think he would have some aggravation. Right. But I like I think this list was more so meant to be like, no, you really can't right. do this or you really have to do this. Right. Is it helpful? Yes. Yes. Colored markers, colored pens, color, you know, especially especially color coded calendars is important. Yes. But I don't I like I think you could live without it. Um I like, but no, as far as like, you know, I, I'm just trying to create a scenario because it's hard when you don't focus on these things to actually like give an example without one being like, oh, right here. If we hadn't handled that right, this would have been a problem. Um, okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, this comes from all the way back in the beginning of our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time we ate out, mm-hmm. I got told, um, that with just enough detail that, you know, the invisible assistant is a picky eater, um, and we don't pressure him on that and, you know, leave it alone He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that isn't the entire story. It, it, that was a Paul Harvey version. Mm-hmm. Because there's a whole lot more to that. And we're not going to get into that. Right. But there's a whole lot more to it. Um, but that was enough information mm-hmm. for me to go, okay, whatever this is, I'm going to leave that alone. Thank you for the warning. I appreciate that. I'm going to respect that boundary. That is not something we do in this scenario where the three of us go out to eat. Now, I found out the rest of the story later. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I'm sure that had to be done through a, is it appropriate or okay if I tell him this? Um, Because it it is one of those things that sits with you and you go, well. No, I made him tell you. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, I couldn't remember like which way that went. That's um judge do not take responsibility for everything. Well, yeah, there you go. And the rest of the story, it like, oh, okay, got it. That's very valid. That's super valid. I'm you know, understand yeah. totally. Um like short version let's just say there's an eating disorder involved and just move on so no one has any questions later um so okay understand got it totally got it um i mean without getting into too much more detail than that Mm -hmm. um like it's legit it's it's totally legit i totally get it um but you know that's at that level of investment we were at and that's the other thing but no, I'm I don't do y'all's group talking. That is something that really gets gets me. What I mean by that is if Joe has something to tell the invisible assistant, go talk to him. Well, no, that's not group talking, that's pass-through talking. That's a yeah. game of telephone. Yeah. Um and no, I like I tend not to do that. Well, no, but there's been others that try to do that. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, 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 that's the even worse version of it. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Please do not. Oh, I hate that for couples, period. 
Right. Just like I'm not his personal fucking secretary. I'm not his social secretary. Please don't ask me to pass things to him. Yeah. Like if you need to have a conversation with him, have a conversation with him. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like games of telephone. I'm, you know, if I don't know, especially if I don't know what the conversation's about um, or enough about the conversation, like, I hate that moment where I'm standing there with someone looking at me like, they said, what? Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, maybe I said it wrong. <laughs> right. You know? well, and, and, um, and, you know, the other thing there is realizing, and I think that a lot of Hindus don't get this factor. Your metas will form their own relationship. They will figure out what they are, you know, what can be accomplished in that, what will be subjective in that. Stay the fuck out of it. Mm-hmm. Don't foster it. Let it naturally form on its own. Yeah. Well, I mean, to some degree, you might want to foster it a little, um, but not in a don't force it. Right. Don't force it. Right um like it becomes its own thing and it is what it is um and it's basically a friendship maybe not one that wouldn't have, would have started naturally but here we are yeah we're we like we at least have to be friends right or on friendly terms right um it, like if nothing else like i think whether you're parallel or kitchen table or whatever pseudo version of one of those you are uh yeah no you really really do have to have a base level right connection somehow directly yeah like i mean you can get away with that if like your version of polyamory is really just more in the higher umbrella of ethical non-monogamy right and like you have a lot of comets Mm -hmm. um or you know one-off extinction level event I'm like what do you call it when it's not a comment because it doesn't come back around it's just a one-timer one night stand okay fine so if you have a lot of one night stands you can get away with like this parallel idea because it really doesn't matter right doesn't matter at all i don't need to know this person i don't need to know anything about this person all right does not matter to my life in right. the least you know, nor should they be told anything really about me other than maybe that I exist. And even then, no, they get I told don't really. They get told normally, you know, the basics. You know, like you're not going to kill them. There's no worry of having a gunshot, you know, a gun being brought into their bedroom. You know, the basics. Normally, they're more interested in you. <laughs> Like, that's half the conversations normally on dates. So tell me about your partners. And it's like... No! (laughs) I'm here to talk about myself. Let's talk about me. Let's talk about I. And I think sometimes it's it's the the new shiny novelty of it, of like, wait. I, like, that somehow, like, oh, well, I can go on a date with you at any point and find out about you. Yeah. And instead, it just diverts. But yeah, yeah I think that's part of it. Yeah. But no, I think it's really cool that, you know, my meadows and my comments, basically, we could have a group chat and it would save everyone typing, but we don't. Um, but everyone handles themselves fairly well to get along with each other. 
like I could see all three of you know, we've had dinner and all three, you know, all of them are there and it does well. Mm-hmm. And if not, I jerk a knot in one of them. I don't think we've ever had to do that. Yes, we have. Okay. Alrighty. What? Oh, I'm getting a reminder prompt. Yes. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that was a bad dinner. Okay, oh. moving right along. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's that's not the invisible assistant arrive. No. Um, so yeah, there, no, you two had your own y'all had your own little fight going on at one time, and I'm just like, I'll be over here after coffee, you guys figure that out. Yeah. So, but no, um, we could have handled that better. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't think everything has to be handled, though. Kind of like you said, the the hinge doesn't have to handle everything. And there's gonna be like disagreements, arguments and fights. That's just gonna happen. This is not the end of the world. Right. Um, It's when it's occurring out of just pure, unadulterated, no reason anger. Right jealousy like those are bad those are bad that's what you want to avoid Mm -hmm. um not necessarily like no this is a legitimate argument that that friends have right this is a legitimate argument that that people have Mm -hmm. like no that occurs roommates have okay y'all do have fun settling that one i'll be in my office yeah you know shannon says that you know apparently workplaces have this issue a girl she used to work with, the place she worked with, there you go, read that. A girl I used to work with, the place I worked at at the time, they called her ex-husband because they didn't know she was divorced. Like, will you pass this message along? And he was just, no. <laughs> no, don't, no, sorry, no. Um, here's the thing, and I think employers really need to get this through their head. If I give you an emergency contact, mm-hmm. um, that's for emergencies. Am I decapitated? Have I been involved in a workplace accident? Have I not shown up to work in three weeks? Yeah. Then you call my emergency contact. If you need to pass a message, mm-hmm. I don't care if you can't find my phone number or whatever. No. Right. Now, might you want to call my emergency contact if I have vanished off the face of the planet? Right. And be like, do you have contact information for me? Right. That can be appropriate. Right. Don't, but don't ask them to pass a message. They're not employed by you. They don't do your bidding. And I frankly don't want to have any part of my professional life contingent upon someone who isn't me right. performing a function for the company. Right. It's not appropriate. You don't pay them. Right. So let your secretary or your receptionist or who the fuck ever you farm this out to keep trying me and finding ways to find me. Right. But no, pass a message. No. Married, divorced. I don't care who they are to you. Right. Like, no, that's not their responsibility. And frankly, you should not feel like you should go home at night and rest well because you left a message with, you know, a husband or a child or whatever. If 
I'm going to at work tomorrow or the next day or three weeks from now or whatever's going on be held responsible for that message. No, that's not me. Nope. I didn't do that. Right. You won't let my spouse call in for me because mm -hmm. most businesses won't. Because even if you try it, like even if your spouse is in the emergency room, non-communicative, most businesses will not recognize. Like, nope, you have to do that when you're able to. Meanwhile, you've probably been fired because you were a no-call, no-show. Yeah, I gotta love corporate America. I know, it's it's a mixed bag. But no, if that's how you're going to treat me on one side, then no, 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 no. No, no, no. We're not going this the other direction. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, 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 no. You, you, you told it to Mikey. You got to deal with the invisible. You don't come to me about it. Yeah. Go down the hall. There you go. All right. So, it's been a good show. Interesting show. We have a different outro for tonight. We will have better intros and outros for you next week. We're sorry. But we do want to thank our baristas for their lovely support. This is what's making this happen. Um, and the support we got this morning when we posted and went, what the fuck? And they're like, all right, time for a new policy change. Did you freeze? Looks like you froze. Did I freeze? Yes, Joe is frozen. So we want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda Bryant, Shannon C, Shannon D, Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, Dottie Lasaki, Tracy Fan, Ketlin Bell, and Devin. If you would like to learn more about being a supporter of the show, please visit us at bcspnetwork.com for all those lovely benefits that we will be updating. There we go. Yes. All right. Good night, y'all. Good night. I want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda, Shannon C, Shannon D, Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, Dottie the Psychic, Tracy Van, Caitlin Bell, and Devin. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, or how you too can become a Patreon supporter and receive all the wonderful benefits our baristas receive, please visit pcspnetwork.com.